All right, welcome into another episode of the Render Podcast. I am so excited to be here with one of the people on my team, Annabeth. Hi. We call her ABB or AB or Annabeth. All the things. That's so many nicknames. So many nicknames. Hey there, you're listening to the Render Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business leadership. After being in the events industry since 2010 and working with brands such as Nike, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Create and Cultivate, I became wildly passionate about education for small businesses. I teach others how to work with their dream clients through the mistakes I've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. guru around these parts. Tell um, us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I've been, so I was raised in a household where there were flowers everywhere all the time. Both my parents were gardeners. My mom was president of the garden club in our town. President of the garden she club. Was, she was president of the garden club, which actually, <laughs> it had a lot of like, there were competitions for arrangements as well. It wasn't just gardening. Um, and where did you grow up? I grew up in Dallas. Okay. Yeah, I grew up here. Um, so yeah, mom was president of the Dallas Garden Club, <laughs> whatever that entails. It, it, it was it was a great early exposure to a lot of different kinds of floral. And when I went off to college, she also started doing floral for a, um, a vendor south of Austin. And so I would help her in the summers. And so, yeah, I've been around flowers my whole life. Started a company in 2012 that I actually closed yesterday, which is really exciting because it's I've been working so it's much for you. Thing. No, it was a total success. I'm really proud of what I accomplished with Bonnie Blooms. I'm so proud of some of the work that I did. And I'm so excited to be working more with you and I'm in school now. And so it was just a good time to kind of caveat, but we'll get more into that later about the difference between floral design and being a business owner. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Love that. So you've been doing floral really your whole life. Yeah. You've been doing floral officially for events starting in 2012. Mm -hmm. And before that I freelanced. Okay. Yeah. I freelanced for several big places around mm -hmm. town. Um, and got a lot of hands-on knowledge just about the, the background stuff you don't see mm -hmm. processing mm -hmm. ordering and you know how to process a rose versus a calla lily and, and stuff like that well you think most most things that show up like whether it's an event or a wedding or your house mm -hmm. you don't think about what it took to get it to that to that no. arrangement and so i think starting this conversation around how do we figure out even what that process looks like i mean yeah. you and i both freelance under a couple other florists before we started our own businesses doing floral. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that we've both done, we've listened to podcasts, we've done conferences, we've done online courses, we've done all this education mm -hmm. when it comes to floral because it's not only just the prettiness that you see, like most no. people think about. It's not just the pretty arrangements. No. It's so much more than that. And not only arrangement but how do you make it last a while instead of killing it right away <laughs> yeah it's very easy to kill flowers especially yes. in hot climates <laughs> yes yeah I mean I think back to that event with LinkedIn we had that some of those arrangements had to last five or six days yeah they did yeah instead really of just did. the one day for a wedding and so there's so much education that goes into even doing flowers Longevity. in the first place mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely you're I feel like you're so right 
you're growing up with having a gardening mom and, and dad maybe helped influence you on that and helped you kind of understand that before even freelancing? You know, that's a great point. I've never really considered how, you know, my early exposure to florals and 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 gardening and thinking about flowers in terms of, of growing them and how to make them last longer. I never really thought about that until now, but that's probably a really good point. I, I've also freelanced for places that specialize in delivery. Mm. And that is a whole different training altogether than events. And that's where you learn a lot about longevity as well. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a difference between an arrangement sitting on someone's counter for a week or two weeks versus being just on a table, a dining table for one event for one evening that lasts four or five hours. Exactly. It's hours versus, like you said, hopefully weeks, you know, Mm -hmm. people are going to get their money's worth is, is, you know... There's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just over at my mom's house last night. Um, and she, do you remember that event you did two Fridays ago? The Texas Tux fundraiser? Yes. She what happened still two has, Fridays ago? <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> but she still has the flower arrangement on her counter. Does she really? And it doesn't look terrible. It's been a week and a half, almost two weeks. That's great. But it still is kicking. It's still working. That's wonderful. Well, we got some really wonderful produce. This, right. That for that round. And, right. And everything looks, I mean, that's the wonderful thing about spring, you know, right. exactly. everything looked great. <laughs> and the weather cooperates. It did. I know. It's been so nice here. It's yeah. been cooler. I love that. Flowers like cold. Side note, flowers like cold. They do. <laughs> yeah. You, I feel like you definitely have to have a cooler if you're in a warmer client, climate. I remember going up to um, Seattle, Washington. I took a um, in-person conference with Sinclair and Moore with okay. Steve Moore. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. I think I've talked about him a couple times. Yeah, I think we've talked about him between each other. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he does um, very luxury, very high-scale events, uh, mainly weddings. And okay. I had gone up there and I had a friend up there that I had taken an online course with and a different floral course. Okay. And um, up in Seattle, her workshop was in her garage carport. She didn't even have a garage. It was in her carport. She didn't have a cooler. She didn't have like climate regulated area because oh she was gosh. in Seattle. So she didn't need it. That's she didn't flowers need it. Thrive. Yes. So when I went to visit her and we went by her house and she was like, oh, you know, this is where I do my flowers. I'm like, this is where you do your flowers. <laughs> this so is cool. where you do your flowers. You don't have, um, I was like, where's your big walk-in cooler? <laughs> right. She's like, I don't have a walk-in cooler. I was like, what? She had a mini fridge. And that was for her personal flowers. So like boutonnieres, bouquet, she had a mini fridge. Sure. So anything that wasn't going to be able to be water. Right. Exactly. But she's like, I don't need a cooler. And I'm like, here in Texas, you can't have a floral business and not have a walk-in cooler or even like the doored coolers. You have to have some kind of way to climate control your flowers. Right. If you're going to work in the South anywhere. Right. Let's say, or a desertous climate because they don't like to dry out. Right. Sucks. Yeah, it's just yeah. so interesting seeing different areas of the country and the world and like yeah. how they actually do that. Right? It was so interesting. But here, we got the coolers. We have, the, <laughs> we have to have the coolers. We have to have the coolers. Or it will all be just shriveled sh- up and gone. Yep. yep. <laughs> In a matter yep. of seconds. <laughs> so we both had some formal training, mm-hmm. whether it was formal or informal. We still had some training before we got into doing it as a business or um, doing it really more full time in general, mm-hmm. how important would you say it was uh, to your floral knowledge in the way that you do things to have that training? 
it's it's hugely essential. So something we were talking about before the podcast started, and I think is really true, is that you you can sign up for floral classes in like your local community college or places like that, but mm-hmm. it it it's not going to give you the training you need. What you really need to do is be willing to be a like gopher and kind of a grunt person for you know florists you really admire who do work that you think is is mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. um there's so many ways of doing flowers so i know that you um worked with some people in town who are just super talented and wonderful mm-hmm. and yeah i bopped around some several different places and just learned again mechanics and you learn different styles of mm-hmm. doing things and and you know the thing about well, you learn it, how to process differently too mm-hmm. the way that i learned to process roses was with a knife and you oh, knifed it remember how i used to knife it all right that's and right and then you came in and you're like where's the floral strippers yeah i was like, like what do you mean a floral stripper knife takes and so yes, long a floral stripper not not a stripper the stripper. other kind of stripper it's a, it's a little it's a little gizmo <laughs> that saves your hands yes <laughs> But it's just interesting the way that we both learned in the same city yeah. from different florists. And yeah. there's like five different ways, I feel like, to process a rose. Oh, my gosh. Every time I freelanced for a different florist, I I really enjoy the little personals and bouquets mm-hmm. and boutonnieres and things. So I was always a, a boutonniere girl. But everybody had a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. So I always had to get retrained. And, okay, how do you like to tie your boutonnieres? How right. do you like to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I would say, you know, t- if you are interested in being a florist and a floral designer, be willing to start at the very bottom. Be willing to carry wash heavy buckets, buckets <laughs> wash buckets. Um, no one's too proud to wash buckets around here, which is nope. Nice. Um, We've all, I think everyone on the team has washed buckets. Yeah. The, <laughs> we can get, yeah, we're going to have to get into that because there are a lot of things about floristry that you wouldn't think about, like having to bleach. You have to bleach out your buckets mm-hmm. because otherwise bacteria will grow in between your hoods right. and that will kill your flowers as well. So bleaching buckets is such a, it's it's not a fun job, but it's absolutely essential to mm-hmm. running. And yeah, y'all should see Annabeth's bands for shoes. <laughs> <laughs> they used to be black. They used to be black and now they're, they're not like anymore. splotchy yeah. orange. You know how black fades to orange? Yeah, it's like that orangey, pinky. <laughs> I need to get <laughs> Well, you should you should just keep those until <laughs> just for washing buckets. <laughs> they kind of are my bucket washing shoes now. Yeah, um, but it's so important, and you don't yeah. know that just from seeing flower at the grocery store, just seeing mm-hmm. flowers show up at your door or at an event. Yeah, you don't do think about there? the backs backside of that. Mm-hmm. So I would say, if anybody wants to be a florist, you've got to be willing to do work like that, mm-hmm. and continue to be willing to do work like that. Um, for the rest of your career sometimes right. if, yeah. if, if occasion calls and and yeah just find people in your in your town in your city who whose work you really admire and just say hey if you ever just need someone and you know you can pay mm-hmm. me minimum wage because we all are looking for freelancers good and Everyone. good freelancers and good ones. are so wonderful and a freelance fit and it's there are some wonderful freelancers who might just not be a fit for your company but Mm -hmm. yeah freelancers who really can understand your style and kind of take a ball and run with it yeah well even just anyone who can help you wash the buckets or fill the buckets and put the floral in there or Mm -hmm. um sweep the floors for you things like those that you know when you see the floral on your counter you see the floral there you don't think about 
picking it up from the wholesaler in boxes in boxes mm-hmm. to then fill up 20 buckets mm-hmm. full of water mm-hmm. which hurts your back very heavy <laughs> and then Big putting those in buckets. the water taking the floral cutting them stripping the the leaves off of them putting them in the water but then you have all the stuff to clean up. You don't think about how hard that is on your back. I think most people who get into floral, they're like, oh, it's all so pretty. Yeah. And I, I just can't wait to work with my hands and be so fun with it. Well, there's a lot of nitty gritty work that goes so behind it. There's so many misconceptions yeah. of what it actually is like to be a florist. And it's so hard on your, it's hard on your back. It's hard on your hands too. Yeah. You know, a lot of, and I need to get into this. A lot of florists wear gloves Mm -hmm. or they get their nails done like you do because it just, yeah, all those chemicals, like the floral food and the bleach you use, it just shreds, it just shreds your hands up. Yeah. I have to get acrylic nails because Mm -hmm. if I use anything else, my nails break. Yep. And it's so hard. Yep. I know uh, there's a gal who is a head floral designer for a big wedding shop here and she never misses her acrylics appointment because mm-hmm. she uses them as a floral tool. <laughs> I, I plenty of times have taken my nail and clipped the end of one yeah. just because you can, you can. And, um, and yeah, and floral foam, mm-hmm. if you have to use it, gets under and like, just like the, the gunk mm-hmm. of floral gets under nails. And it, like, I've got a little scrubber brush at home yeah. and it still looks bad for two or three days right. after, you know, so those are, yeah, those are the kinds of things that you don't think about. And, and back when I was doing weddings, for myself a lot, I would have brides say, well, maybe I can do some of these myself. And I'd say, do you want your hands to look pretty for the ring shop? Right. right. I don't think you do. Do you want green nail beds? Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I would say, yeah, I would say be, be willing to do that kind of work is hugely important. Um, and, and yeah, find people you like and just be good to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. be reliable. And even those who are listening who have a rental or have a floral business or have something that they um, are running, you don't necessarily need a floral designer to come and help you with those buckets or come and help clean up afterwards. Um, go to your local college or local high school and see if you can get some of those uh, people who go to the, mm-hmm. co- the high school or college and have them come in and help you and just pay the minimum wage yeah. and, or a little bit better than minimum wage. And just help you with those things because not only the time that you are standing there designing, which takes time, it takes mm-hmm. um, effort and it's hard on your back, mm-hmm. but having to clean it all up afterwards, not that that's a you know terrible thing to do, but it could save you one time and two, just the wear and tear on your body. Absolutely. It's a full body workout. It really is. <laughs> I feel like the days that I'm doing a whole lot of floral, I miss my workouts. Yeah. Because it is a workout. You don't need it. <laughs> yeah. Right. You really don't need it after you've squatted to the ground, grabbing right. heavy buckets yeah. and lifting them, you know. Yeah. You're working I mean, different muscles. That's for sure. It's literally like, like big time reps at the gym. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> lifting those gallon buckets. Right. <laughs> well, let's talk for a minute between the difference of a floral designer mm-hmm. and a floral business. Because mm-hmm. there's a big difference between the two. And you have firsthand experience in that. I do. And I, I love your take on business because, I mean, and the, the reason we work together so well is because I started Bonnie Blooms in, in 2012 with the idea that I had a vision and I was curious about that part of the industry. I wanted to take ownership of what I was doing and take ownership of my own design eye mm-hmm. and, and create my own style, my own aesthetic and and. I never, I didn't really sit down and make a formal business plan, which 
I should have done, but I just wanted to do the work, you know? Right. And I thought I had something to bring to the table and I did and, and I do. Um, but yeah, being a floral designer is a hugely different thing from being a floral business owner, because when you're a designer, you definitely think about logistics, you think mm -hmm. about seasonality, you think about um, forming relationships with the back-end people, the wholesalers, the freelancers you work with, you work really different hours. And to be a business owner, you are meeting the clients and you are creating the front-end budgets mm -hmm. that, that the clients will see and you're educating them on cost. And it's it really is two hugely different roles. And I got tired of being a business owner and you thrive being a business <laughs> owner and you're so good at it. Um, well, how did you decide? I'm actually really curious. <laughs> how did you decide that you wanted to expand into floral when you had such a successful rental business? Yeah, of course. So most of the people who've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that we started as an event planning firm, mm -hmm. we did weddings, corporate events, and did the coordinating side of things. Mm -hmm. Well, we had at that point when we decided to go from doing event planning to rentals, we had so many clients just saying, um, you know, I have all this stuff and so I don't need it anymore. This is back in the day of DIY, the burlap runners oh and my gosh. lace mason and jars. mason jars, all the things. <laughs> and they were like, I've now got 50 of these things. I don't need them all. Do you yeah. want them? Mm -hmm. And I was like, sure. We've got plenty of other people getting married who wants this exact same thing. Yes. Yes. And so I started renting those out over and over and over again. And I fell in love with the rental side of things. I fell in love mm -hmm. with the um, actual product that made the event so beautiful. Yes. And so opened up beautiful event rentals at the time. And probably six or seven years into that, we had our corporate events. So we were doing mm -hmm. main, almost 100% just weddings. And in 2017, 18, we made the transition from doing about 100% weddings to doing like 60 to 80% corporate events mm -hmm. and then the rest being uh, weddings. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of corporate clients that said, hey, we're looking for a florist, but most people who do floral here in DFW only do wedding flowers. And so we mm. want some sort of an option that isn't wedding flowers. We don't have to worry about it showing up like a wedding. And so we said, you know what, we can start renting out plants and we can start yeah. um, buying plants and hosting them here and renting them out to people. Um, and then we eventually got asked, hey, can you make some centerpieces that look more masculine and more mm -hmm. manly? And so we said, well, sure, let's try it out and see what happens. And yeah. we just kept getting more inquiries over and over and over about it. And so at that time, before we kind of made that transition, I started freelancing for a few people here locally who mm -hmm. maybe were a little bit more on that aesthetic and less wedding, but still did a ton of wedding. Mm -hmm. um, and then I took an online course. I went to Seattle to take that yes. um, in-person conference. And so um, made the decision to transfer into doing floral and rentals to really pull together the entire design mm -hmm. of the event instead of, um, you know, having a rental company here and a floral company there and another rental company there and and all of that. And so we wanted to kind of create this space where people could do both things with us. That's, and that's so brilliant. I will say as someone who works for you, it's so wonderful when Render does both mm -hmm. the, all the tableware and, and such, and, you know, tables and chairs and, and all of that load in, because I know that the team there, I know that what I'm setting things on, I like, I've 
interacted with it. Right. I know how it works. I know how it functions. Right. And so just it's, on the other side of that door is all of yes, us. So the you stuff. know, I can see it right now. So yeah, it's really, really wonderful having that full experience coming from one company, not only, I think probably for a client, especially a corporate client, because you know, a one-stop mm-hmm. fits all kind of thing, but also for the people who do work in the back room and are setting up yeah. and, you know, having that, that team experience with everything is, it just makes everything run so much more smoothly on the day of. <laughs> Very true. Lots of logistics all in one house. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we get to talk to each other. Yeah, you that's know? right. That's right. We can say, hey, how big is that table? How big do we need to make it? Yeah. And, yeah. and is it waterproof? Right. Or is it, you know, or right. Yeah. You know what's going to be at the event versus being kind of coming in blindly. Mm-hmm. And that's a big problem, I would say, for floral designers, mm-hmm. especially doing events. Yeah. Or surprises with stuff like that. Right. You Which know? sometimes as a floral florist, you have to kind of preemptively think, okay, this uh, floral that I'm putting on a huppa, what is the huppa? Like, what is it made out of? What mm-hmm. are the mechanics on that? How I'm going to attach it? Mm-hmm. And just having that all in one house, we know what it looks like. We can even do prototypes. So we can yes. even look at it as we're designing it mm-hmm. versus going in blindly yeah. and not knowing. And I would say anybody who wants to be a floral designer, start really thinking about that kind of thing because it isn't just working with the flowers. It is, it is big. It's a lot of problem solving, Mm -hmm. honestly. Um, And I would say the, the prep for your floral is just as important as the actual floral that you're designing. A 100%. Whether it's an arrangement and the mechanics that are within the arrangement to hold the flowers in place, Mm -hmm. or whether it is floral going on a huppa or whether it's, um, a six foot garland that we designed last week. Yeah. Kind of need to know the mechanics and how is that actually going to happen versus just grabbing some flowers and p- poking them into where they, wherever they go. Yeah. There's more that comes with that. Absolutely. And, and trans and being able to prep things to be mm-hmm. safely transported, I would say is also, you know, back, back logistics are a huge part of mm-hmm. being a florist. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Thinking through not just the design, but the practicality, the movement, mm-hmm. um, the longevity of the floral you've got, depending right. on if you're going to be, it's going to be outside, is it going to be inside? <laughs> you know, things, things yeah. like that. Just... Also, what's the weather going to be like? We know that hydrangeas cannot survive here in Texas in they 100 do not degrees. Like heat. They do not want to be outside in heat. Yeah. Even, even an hour, they start right. to just say, nope, and there's right. no getting them back. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Once they mm-hmm. wilt, they wilt. Yeah. They're they're Yeah. Once you get them too far gone, there's no bringing them back. So yeah, I mean, you, to be a good floral designer, you have to kind of have an understanding of the character of the flowers you want to work mm-hmm. with. I don't, you don't need to know about every flower in the world, but the flowers that are important to you and the ones that you like working with and the ones that get you the aesthetic you want, mm-hmm. understand how they behave. Right. And understand how they behave from season to season. Right. Right. Yeah. There was, I think back to one of the LinkedIn events where we had to work with hydrangeas. And if you remember that day in September, it was about 90, 95 degrees. Oh my gosh. Those sweet people from the Bay Area did not know what they Texas did not know. Like in September. They did not know. That farm. Yeah. It was so uncomfortable. But you think about, well, I'm at the hydrangeas that we had to work with for those mm-hmm. arches. It was 95 oh, yeah. degrees. Oh yeah, the that's right. arches were in direct sunlight mm-hmm. in ninety-five degree weather, mm-hmm. and we didn't realize that until we showed up. 
And so thank goodness we brought those, do you remember those heavy, very heavy buckets of water that we had placed around? Yes. And we were dunking the hydrangeas <laughs> in the water buckets to then place them in the overly watered foam. Oh my gosh. There was water sure everywhere. There was water just so that they survive. We, do you remember how dirty we got? So dirty. I mean, <laughs> the sweat and the dirt. Like oh, a line down our arms mm-hmm. and like it would be a different color. Yeah. It was super fun. <laughs> but that is what you have to do sometimes. Yeah. Well, and you have to, you have to prep for that. Not only thinking about where you're going and the venue that you're setting up in, but what the weather looks like, how mm-hmm. you're going to get it there, how mm-hmm. you're going to transport it from your van or your vehicle up to the, you know, hundredth floor or down on the street level. You have mm-hmm. to kind of know what those things are happening. It doesn't just show up and look pretty. It does not. I mean, it it, it does for your client. And that is the hope. Right. The hope is that they don't know. Right. right. When, when I was doing weddings for myself and interacting with clients a lot more, I would say the goal here is for you to barely even register me. I will hand right. you your bouquet and hopefully you'll be thrilled right. and I will then be scurrying around and, and then you'll walk into your reception right. and it's going to be beautiful and set and then you're going to leave for your honeymoon and you never have to think about it again and it's going to be there and then it's going to go away, you know, right. but the little elves, <laughs> right, you know, make it there and go away. Yeah. Get dirty. Right. Um, I feel like this is a great transition to transition to what do you need at the event to overcome some obstacles. All right. We have a little show and tell. Let's take a look at the And if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can go to our YouTube channel and you can kind of look at our floral toolbox and come watch it. So that toolbox goes everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere we go. If there is a flower involved, the toolbox is there. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, every good florist I know has one, maybe even two toolboxes, depending on how big. Mm-hmm. We used to have tool, two toolboxes before the pandemic happened, and then we just kind of combined it all it's, it's very to full one. Right it's now. very full. It's very, very full. But we're going to kind of talk through what do we have in our toolkit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might want to take some notes if you are watching this or listening to it, because you might want some similar things. Yeah. A lot of the so things in here you can find at your local hardware store, either like Home Depot, Lowe's, Harbor Freight, mm-hmm. things like that. But you're also going to want to have some actual floral supplies. Floral Supply Syndicate is our favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have a floral supply syndicate in your city, you can order and they can ship it to you. Yes. Yeah. They're they're absolutely the best. And they've got locations spread all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. And they have the best prices and the most availability of really good, high quality right. floral tools right. that you really need. Right. Your wholesalers also might have some of these products as well. So mm-hmm. definitely check with your wholesalers. Check with Floral Supply Syndicate. Jamali Garden is a great place to order from as well. Oh, yeah. There's so many different places. Mm-hmm. Just a simple Google search, Floral Supplies or something mm-hmm. would be good. All right, so let's get into our toolbox. In hey, our buddy. top of our toolbox, we typically have business cards in here. We need to add business cards to that. Noted. <laughs> people ask all the time. All right, so on the very top of this, we have some floral tape, and we've got mm-hmm. two different types of floral tape. Yeah. So Let's talk about the difference between those all, two types. So, yeah, so for the screen, there's there's a tape that's, like, kind of stretchy and not not super sticky. Um, it adheses to itself, and it's really good if you break a stem mm-hmm. or if you and, – and you can – so you can use it to patch it up. It, you can also easily put a couple of stems together – 
with mm-hmm. this and it's not quite so heavy duty. Um, we use this to make boutonnieres or any kind of small, mm-hmm. small little dainty, dainty things. And it's, it's, um, it's really gentle tape and it's just nice to have. It's just nice to have because it, it interacts well with actual flower stems, depending mm-hmm. on what they are, especially more delicate ones like ranunculus or yeah. anemone. The amount of ranunculus that we've had to wire <sighs> and they break. Yeah, and this learn tape how to wire ranunculus if you want to work with ranunculus. Because, yeah, this tape is wonderful. Um, yeah, anything with a hollow stem, mm-hmm. you're going to want this tape around if you're working with it. And then we have some more heavy duty, and, and we've got two different widths here, but this is the thicker one, and it's... Um, this is by Oasis brand and it is very sticky. It can hold flowers to a surface and mm-hmm. that's kind pretty... of like duct tape for flowers. It kind of is like duct, <laughs> duct tape for flowers. It is, you just don't leave home without it. Right. Um, and it's also really useful for creating mechanics. If you want to create, you know, a certain like a web of it mm-hmm. or, um, you know, tape your oasis down for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you know, it can get wet and still be sticky, which is right. also hugely important. So right. This stuff's great. That's super important. And then they come in multiple different widths. So we and have colors in colors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't come like brown and black and brown green and black and, and white and green. green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We typically have the green on, on hand because most stems are green. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely want this, but you also might want to have different colors as well, depending on what you do, but they come in a ton of different widths. So we typically mm-hmm. keep this, Thinner width for sure for smaller things that we might need. Uh-huh. And then the thicker width as well. So really important. Okay, what are these? These and are, why are they important? <laughs> these are what we call tubes, which is not a that fun a name for this cute little gizmo. <laughs> Super fancy. Um yeah, these are floral tubes. And what so they've got a little hole in the top. And so what you do is you you fill them up with water. And if you have something that is really thirsty, like a hydrangea, mm-hmm. especially outside, mm-hmm. or, a, or a more delicate flower that just really can't be without water, but you are doing something either high up in an arrangement and the stem is too short to reach the, you know, the water that mm-hmm. you've provided, or you're doing you know, something with chicken wire mm-hmm. and you don't want it to be too heavy, so you don't want to use floral foam. Mm-hmm. Um, these are also very green. They're reusable. Um, and so if you're trying to get away from foam, they are a great solution. So yeah, mm-hmm. you just put your stem down in there and, you know, make sure they're filled with cold, um, water with flower food in it, and they will extend the longevity mm-hmm. of your, your flowers in an event yeah. um, by quite a few hours. Installations are probably the most common times that we use these, mm-hmm. especially when your water source is further away from that stem. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and then we have plenty of these knives, box cutters. Mm-hmm. You just never know when you need those. Exacto knife. Yep. Yeah, lots of reasons for those. Rubber bands are always good to have on hand. Very helpful. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just for your hair. Sometimes <laughs> just for your hair. That is absolutely correct. Um, little packets of floral food. So typically as a florist, you can get the big pails of flower food. But sometimes when you're out on an event and maybe you spill your water that had floral food in it, mm-hmm. or um, maybe you're giving away some of those arrangements to people who attended the event, having little packets are, is a really good thing because they're easy to transport. You know, and people bigger, are always so thankful, especially if they're taking the flowers home. They're always happy to have a handful of those. Yes. 
Okay, how about command strips? Command command strips forever. We can't ever leave without command no, strips. No, if you, I mean, no, they come so in handy because many venues rightly have policies about mm-hmm. the way that you can attach yep. hardware to to their walls. Um, they don't want their paint damaged. and Well, and rental companies as well. We have an acrylic cuppa. We don't allow tape on there. Yeah. But command strips we will allow. Yes, because they can, they just come down clean, but they, mm-hmm. they hold firm and yeah, don't leave home without them. <laughs> yeah. There's always a reason for a command strip. There, t- there have been so many times where I've thought, we don't need anything like yes. that for this. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'd really just like to be able to like have a hook yeah. to get that thing to stay right where I want it. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Remember the install we did over at On the Levee with the really colorful, mm-hmm. we were attaching it to the bar mm-hmm. and we we're like, we need a command strip. Right the tape is now. not working. Like this floral tape that we were just talking about that you can attach things to. It wasn't holding. It I wasn't think, working. Yeah, because the surface was just too slick. Right, mm-hmm. right. So the yeah. command strip, we're like, but we have a command strip. Yes, we do. We can do that. Yes, we do. Paper towels, I think it's pretty obvious. I always need some paper towels. Things get wet. Things get wet, especially with flowers. Mm-hmm. You might even keep some Windex or like some cleaning wipes in there as well. Yes. Just in case you make a little mess. Sometimes foam can get messy. Um, of course, we as florists try to be as green as possible. But sometimes you do have to use foam for certain installations or um, different reasons. And so foam can sometimes get real messy. Mm -hmm. And especially if you have a cocktail table or something that you're putting it on, um, having some paper towels and some cleaning stuff nearby is really, really helpful. Yeah. How about our floral? The floral strippers. strippers. So I I just love that you didn't even know about these tools until I came on board. This hilarious. (laughs) Um, yeah, these are great. So what you do is you, if you have something that's really thorny or has kind of a thick stem and you're just trying to even like Mm -hmm. take the, take the leaves off faster, this, there's like a little metal hook here at this top and you just clamp it on the top of your flower and then pull down Mm -hmm. and it will take the thorns off. So you can then use that. Yeah. Especially for roses, you know, um, those thorns are real and they hurt badly and they, they will cut you. You and I have both had bloody hands just from some of the, do you remember those um, garden roses we bought? Garden roses are so beautiful. And They're they so are beautiful. So... They're so thorny though. I actually sat up the, the couple of, a couple of weekends ago, I actually sat up after like even with these and i had little bits of thorn oh and so i had to get out i had to get a flashlight like held the flashlight in my mouth and like had to like get the tweezers and like yeah i know again force you hard on your hands yes um these will save you a lot of time and Mm. a lot of band-aids yeah definitely (laughs) and even if you don't use floral strippers like i didn't and you just use a knife or you just use maybe those flexible ones that we Mm -hmm. have in the other room um Having multiple types of floral strippers on hand for your freelancers to use is really important because there's going to be times that somebody uses a knife and not a floral stripper and you want to have those available for those people. Yeah, absolutely. Trash bags, super important. We have the mindset that we don't want to have to ask anybody for anything. Yes. We want to be able to provide our own stuff and not go running to the venue and be like, hey, do you guys have a trash bag? We made a mess. Yeah, so brooms, mm-hmm. trash bags, dustpans. Yeah. We bring, it doesn't fit in the box, obviously, but we bring right. all that stuff with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely think about what you're doing, what you're setting up, where you're going mm-hmm. to kind of know that. If you have um, a venue that is all carpet, we'll bring a vacuum with us or a handheld vacuum with us. 
Yep. Um, so making sure we kind of understand that. Yeah. So about this guy. Finishing touch. It's Love that stuff. It will, it just, it rehydrates the actual, you just spray it on the top of mm-hmm. your flowers right before you've set them or when you finished fiddling with them mm-hmm. and it will just bring a little life into the actual top of the flower bloom that everybody's seeing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the work of a florist is actually not the part people see. I'm just mm-hmm. thinking about this now. It's not the part people see. It's like down in the water. It's mm-hmm. like da- it's like down, 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 down. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and you're building your mechanics. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's like you see these flowers. And like, oh, yeah, I got to deal with these blooms also. Right. So, so finishing touch and – it's, it's just great insurance. Yeah. It's so good to carry around just to give like an extra spritz of hydration to the actual petals that you're working right. with. Sometimes it's kind of like flower food for the petals, mm-hmm. whereas flower food we typically put on the stems on the very right. bottom. Right. So it just kind of finishes it off. Finishing yeah. touch. And they get, and flowers get bumped when you're transporting them mm-hmm. too. And I feel like it kind of heals them a little bit yeah. as well. It's like pe- magic dust. For petals are delicate. And so, yeah, never leave home without it. Yes. Okay, so this is the next thing that we have. It's boutonniere pins. Uh-huh. I have a story about these. Really? Okay. Yes. Oh, okay, so when I first started doing floral, uh-huh. I had my brother was in high school, and he and 12 of his friends were all going to prom together. And so I decided, hey, I'll do all of your flowers. Try to get some experience, get some portfolio, did yeah, bouquets great. and boutonnieres for all of them. Oh. It was also a weekend that I had a wedding as well. It was um, kind of a a trade. There was a friend or there was somebody who was coming in town who was a florist from New York. Her sister was getting married. So she was kind of leading it, but she was, um, she wanted me to help her. And it was kind of a strange situation. But um, I had, I think I had my dad or like someone was delivering, someone in my family was delivering all of these to the prom people because uh-huh. that was in Frisco. This event was all the way out in like Forney. Oh gosh. Which if okay. you're familiar with the Dallas Metroplex is like it's two far. hours from each other. It's very far. And so I was on site. Somebody else was delivering mm-hmm. all of those to all the houses in Frisco. And I had everything prepped. Everything. I had the ribbon that was on the bouquets. I had the um, boutonnieres that were pretty and packaged and ready to go. Oh no. I forgot boutonniere pins. Oh, so I get start getting calls while I'm on site doing wedding stuff from the mom saying, "Hey, um, everything looks beautiful. It's great, but where are those boutonniere pins?" And I was like, "Oh crap! Oh, no. I forgot boutonniere pins." And if you're a florist, you probably have been in a similar situation, whether it's your boutonniere pins or something else in your toolbox. It's the kind of stuff that I literally will have a bad dream about sometimes yes like it, it's that's it's like flora stress dream is showing yes. up and your toolbox not having what you need in it right right <laughs> well this happened to me I'm and so, so I had to have somebody else in my family I was like will you go back to all of those events or all of those houses go to Hobby Lobby and go buy some boutonniere pants and go deliver all of them all was fine we figured it out but as you do, you I would also say out. if you're going to be in events in any capacity, florist yes. or no, be good on your feet. Yep. Be good at brainstorming. Mm-hmm. Problem solver. Problem yep. solving. Yeah. So yep. I was like, I know that Hobby Lobby has them. And if Hobby Lobby doesn't have them, Walmart will. And they're open 24-7. Mm-hmm. So kind of knowing where you can get something in the back end if you absolutely need it. Yes. Um, if you don't have this floral tape and you need it for an event, 
go grab some duct tape if you need it. Like, yeah, you something can. will happen. Something yes. will work. Mm-hmm. So, boot on your pins. Don't be like me and forget to get them. Um, <laughs> Yay, zip Good ties. old world of zip ties. Zip ties. So, very much like command hooks, zip ties will help you get things attached mm-hmm. to columns or... So many different so, things. I, yeah, I can't even list the, the uses of zip ties. And they're strong mm-hmm. and they... And you just remember that them at the um, end. green ceiling floral design that we did also at on the levee. Yes, yeah. I would probably get how how many zip ties do you think we used? Oh, that thing was big. Probably thousands. Yeah. Yeah. At least people. high hundreds, if not thousands. Yeah. Yeah. So many. Because we are zipping the mm-hmm. actual smile range. Yeah. 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 So many different reasons for um zip ties again you can get these at home depot lowe's you can get them in all different sizes different colors different different thicknesses Mm -hmm. different weights weight is also a really big factor in your zip ties yes yes it is you do need to kind of figure out how heavy something's going to be in order to get the right zip tie because if you have a thin little zip tie like this but you have something that's hundreds of pounds that you are um installing somewhere to the ceiling this will snap Yes. It will snap quick. Not a, oh Over-assume the weight of something. Yes. I agree with that advice completely. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's dried, it's probably going to be pretty light. but Because the water's gone. Because the water's gone. Water's heavy. <laughs> Water is heavy. Okay. We were talking earlier about ranunculus and having to wire ranunculus. There's yeah. so many reasons why we need to wire something, whether mm-hmm. it's an install or an actual flower. Mm-hmm. Um, green wire like this, which you might not be able to see in the video, but... Um, green wire like this comes in multiple different gauges. Yep. So you got it all the way to like super thin, like a, you know, a wire Very thin. thin. Yeah. Yeah. All almost, the way to something yeah. thick. And so knowing one, the thickness of your stem mm-hmm. is going to come in really handy with this, mm-hmm. but also just the length of it, kneading it. So we wire ranunculus. Yep. Almost all ranunculus. We, we wear almost all of our ranunculus and... I've gotten to where I start. I've started wiring anemones as well. Mm-hmm. Anything with a hollow stem, or a real paper thin, or yeah, or mm-hmm. a very delicate stem, you're going to want to be able to wire it because they snap easily, or they just they they can just bend with the weight of the actual flower in time. Yeah, the head of the flower can be too heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So having that, um, I think we use 22 gauge most of the time. I think that's right. I think we're 20 or 22 gauge most of the time, but also just knowing what are you going to be ordering and what gauge of wire do you need? Mm-hmm. Um, always having some snips on hand. It's really important. There's so many different types of snips. Yeah. And it's funny. <laughs> Again, that's another thing where if you're starting out in this, just find a few different kinds of pairs and see what you like mm-hmm. because people, some people like more of a scissor style. Some people like spring loaded. This was my very first pair of snips. Oh my gosh. Does From, it just live in there? And now I think it's rusty. It's a little rusty. <laughs> I can actually fix that. Um, okay. Well, you know, Beth can fix anything <laughs> after the podcast episode. Yeah, not right but now. My very first pair of snips I bought from Home Depot. Like you literally can buy them anywhere. Yeah. Just garden clippers. Yeah. Garden clippers, shears, so many different words for it. Um, I don't know why we have a stapler in here. I'm sure there's a good story why we have a stapler. I'm sure we had it for something. Something. Who knows? Um, pens, markers, things like that are, is really important to have as well. You mm-hmm. never know when you need to, 
um, write on something, whether you're leaving it for someone for later to install yep. for you. Um, it's just always good to have. Yep. Door stops are really important to have. <laughs> I can't tell you how many venues we've been to where you're like, you know, that position where you're simultaneously using your behind to yes. keep the door open as you're like rolling apart across the thing. I like that we just both were able to yes. do this interpretive dance. Yes. Yes. Something we're like doing the matrix just, oh to try to get gosh. something in the door. Yes. This little sucker can be so helpful. So useful. That's another tool I didn't ever travel with until I started working with you. And now I'm so thankful. So, so needed. I didn't start having this until probably five years into business. And I ended up going to a venue up in Denton. Okay. And they didn't have door stops and they didn't have rocks nearby to like door stop it or anything. And they had a little lip on the door. No. And I was like, how the heck am I supposed to get this over the lip? Yeah. Door stop will always come in very handy. Um, lighters are really important to have, especially if you're the one that's doing candles. Mm-hmm. But even if you're not, just being a helpful hand for yeah. anyone else on site is super yeah, important. Yeah, I never, I don't like leading without a lighter. We don't use these very often here in Texas, but hot hands during the wintertime or if you're in an um, area that is a little bit colder, you never know when your little fingers might need a little hot hands, a little warmth. Well, and again, flowers like cold yeah they thrive so naturally your fingers are gonna be cold they thrive in colder climates than we do right <laughs> at least as, as texans <laughs> all right i think that's everything that is in here can you think of anything else that feels like the travel essentials to me these are the essentials there's obviously going to be other times where you might need extra things depending on the install that you're doing mm-hmm. depending you know sometimes a tarp is necessary mm-hmm. um, to help with cleanup later on broom and dustpan little vacuums absolutely those are really important so it just kind of depends on what you're doing it's going to depend on what you need for the event would you agree and i would say anything that like you said where you don't have to ask anyone or have to ask people for as right. little as possible and just being a team player right. wherever you go it, it helps with your reputation. And one way of growing your business well is to be a preferred vendor for spaces and, and, and they will recommend you if they, you know, if you work well with them and, and are respectful of their space. And that's a great way of doing it is, right. is by bringing your own cleaning supplies yeah. and showing that you care that it looks as great as they do. Right. Exactly. I can't tell you how many times as a rental professional um, before we started doing floral that the floors had tape or the floors had something that I was like, oh, crap, I need that. Like a chair like this, for example, a lounge chair, the bottom has this net underneath oh. that kind of helps. It's called a dust cover. Uh-huh. And there's been plenty of times where it's been transported over and over and over again in the bottom might have a little tear in it or something, mm-hmm. which really doesn't matter. It, it doesn't compromise the furniture at all. But there's been times I've been like, oh, the florist probably has some tape. Maybe mm-hmm. I can borrow some of their tape and tape that up real quick. Yeah. Because nobody sees it. And so um, being someone who's a team player, not only for your own team, but everybody else who's setting up is really important. Mm-hmm. And you hear horror stories about florists doing things like putting floral foam directly on a wood table oh, and things as a rental professional that makes my heart I palpitate. and as a fellow florist I that gives me anxiety because yeah. I would like that's not that's not the standard of professionalism that we aim for in this right industry um right. so yeah making sure that you're taking care of 
Things that aren't yours. Yeah. Yeah. We mentioned floral buckets that have a whole bunch of water in them. That's something that it's commonly used, especially in the summertime, especially here mm-hmm. in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, so many different things that you can really get. Yeah. And need. Yep. Let's talk pricing for a minute. Pricing is a fun game that we all try to play. Yep. In this industry. And you have the, I mean, I, I mean, when I was doing Bonnie Blooms, I had my own theories of pricing and, and, you know, numbers that I tried to stay within, but I've been working, you know, in the background and have been doing pricing for purchasing of flowers wholesale mm-hmm. for a while. What is, what is it like educating clients right now in terms of pricing? I mean, you definitely want to look at your area and what um, what your your city or your state is mm-hmm. charging because it's going to be fluctuating between so many different areas. But you also want to see what your pricing when you go to buy the flowers are. Mm-hmm. Right now, here in pre-summer of 2021, flowers are costing a lot more than they were a year ago or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so pricing that we had five years ago versus today yeah. It's going to be a little bit more expensive because the pricing of product right now is one, very sparse, and two, it's a lot higher. Well, we're coping in the industry, we're coping with, and this is, again, the kind of thing you don't think about until you become a florist or you know a professional mm-hmm. is, so the pandemic hit, and so people weren't able to go to work all over the world, and so thousands and thousands and thousands of flowers died on the stem, the mm-hmm. fields went you know, became in disarray. And so a year later, as people are starting to be able to go back to work and things are opening up, you know, all the planting season mm-hmm. and the growing season for an entire year was missed. And so, right. but for a lot of flowers. Well, think flowers. about your own uh, gardens at your house. Mm-hmm. Think about the bushes in your front yard or your backyard or your side yard. We have, um, most people have some sort of a plant in their yard, right? Right. They start as a seed, then they grow, and they continue to grow, and they continue to flourish. The same thing happens with flowers, obviously. So you have a, a ranunculus or a hydrangea or a rose or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, when a whole year goes by and there's way less ordering, way less use, those mm-hmm. farmers might be a little bit more cautious to start planting again. Absolutely. Um, they also might not have the funds to do it because mm-hmm. they just lost out on so much income. Um, and so the season for planting was way a long time ago. It was and, during 2020 right. when things were the worst. And so we are, right. so now, yeah. So, so now we, that we need them, there's a shortage of them. Yes. So that that's a temporary problem that I think will be alleviated. But flowers in general, the, the cost is going up just like everything. Right. You know, there's inflation. I mean, inflation. There's inflation with everything. Yeah. I know that we try to shoot between a 40 and 60% margin in our pricing. So um, we try to land closer to that 50% right in the between, but it kind of depends on the uh, flowers that are being used and the seasonality of them. But we do try to shoot between a 40 and 60% pricing more margin to where we are having some sort of a profit. We're not just breaking even on things. That's, and it's so important because, you know, flowers are so beautiful and they do look so delicate and dainty. And Mm -hmm. we, you know, again, I do think of myself when I'm on site as trying to be the good little flower elf, but there is so, it's a real business. It is a it real is. business and it is, pays our way, you know, right. like, like this is real work that we do and we should be compensated for it. It was something that I really struggled when I started Bonnie Blooms was, 
pricing correctly because I wasn't taking into account not just the you know handful of days that I was maybe doing the actual event, but all of that planning work and that time in the office and putting together concepts and communicating with the client and communicating with the wholesalers. It's a real job. Mm -hmm. It is a real job that requires a lot of skill. Mm -hmm. And if you are going to take on this work, you deserve to be paid for that. Right. Well, and we just talked through the lugging of things and the supply boxes that we have to have and the buckets and the water and the space to design it in. Mm -hmm. All of that costs money. Yes, it does. We have to have those things to be able to do business. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, after our backs are hurting, after our feet are hurting, we're tired, we've been up early and out late mm -hmm. doing all these things, it has to be worth it for us, it right? Does. We still have to be paid for this work that we're doing. And it, that's how it should be. Right. And flowers at the end of the day, they're a luxury thing. They are a luxury good. And they can really make or break your event. Right. Right. I obviously believe they're worth it or else I wouldn't be doing this work. Right. I, I actually truly do deeply believe in the power of excellent floral design to create a mood in a way that nothing else can. Right. I mean, the ambiance from a fresh flower or a plant or something living mm -hmm. just gives us so much clarity. There's actually proven things that say with plants in the same room or with floral in the same room, it improves the oxygen in the air. It improves yes. the clarity that you have mm -hmm. when you're in that room. Um, there's sales tactics that go behind oh having gosh. floral or fresh plants in the room when yeah. you're in a sales meeting um, because it does improve those things. And so um, the ambiance of being at a wedding, it's going to improve the mood in the room. It's going to make it look just gorgeous and very pretty. It smells good too. It does smell good. Depending on your flowers. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, there's there's just nothing lovelier. Right. Right? Yeah. Right. There's no substitute for a fresh flower. There just right. isn't. Right. There's nothing that says celebratory like flowers. Right. And sure, you could go to the grocery store and you could buy your own flowers and make your own bouquet for your wedding and such. But the time and the stress and the um, tears and the um, bloody hands bloody or anything like that. <laughs> Might not be worth it. And so pricing ourselves accordingly and um, up to the standard of a luxury product mm -hmm. is going to be higher. And I would say educating your clients about that. Right. You don't want to scare them. Gently. <laughs> right. You don't want to scare them into anything. But they do need to understand, hey, why does this arrangement cost so much? Or why does this bouquet cost so much? I mean, the flowers, you could go get that at you know, Tom Thumb or Kroger mm -hmm. for 50 bucks. Why does it cost me $300 for this bouquet? Right, right. And, and there is definitely an education piece. And and I can see where if you don't work in this industry, it is confusing, mm -hmm. right? I, I, you know, if I hadn't been raised the way that I, you know, went around flowers my whole life, I would probably think the exact same thing. Right. Um, but you're, yeah, you're paying for labor expertise. Again, labor, manual <laughs> <the> labor. <laughs> huge amounts of knowledge right that go into creating something beautiful that lasts that looks perfect that hopefully you know right. looks great in photos for years to come right yeah. right hey there want to know the number one thing event professionals should invest in to take their business to the next level easy to use cloud-based rental software that my friends is good shuffle pro 
Grow your event design and decor company when you partner with a software built exclusively for your industry. Get paid quickly with electronic contracts and digital payments, keep track of your inventory, and give your clients an easy, breezy experience. Head to rendereducate.co backslash goodshuffle or the link in our show notes for a free 30-day trial of Good Shuffle Pro. Well, the last thing that we'll talk about is having good relationships with your suppliers, mm-hmm. having good relationships with the people that are providing the flowers or providing the supplies or providing the things that um, make your job even worthwhile. Yeah. In this industry, in every line of work, but in this industry in particular, it just really pays to be overly kind if possible. And the thing about wholesalers is they really can make or break you. If you have a good relationship with a wholesaler, they will hold flowers for you if they think you're going to come pick them up. Like they will invest in you Mm -hmm. and they will think about you. Mm -hmm. And I've been, you know, known to maybe like, get an extra bunch of something for free. Sometimes they will bend over backwards to get you exactly what you ask for. If they like you and you like them, I would say they take take interest in your life too. Mm -hmm. I know our wholesaler, Michelle over at Agro, she knows my kids by name. They've come up with me to Agro a couple times and she asks about them. Anytime I go into Agro, she's like, how's Brody and Briley? And I'm like, they're great. They're you know, kicking along and they're going. She asked about how my dad was doing and she asked about school with me as well. It's so, yeah, it's so, she's wonderful. Right. Um, Everybody deserves a Michelle. (laughs) Yeah. We need to send this to her. (laughs) We do. We need to send a little thing over to Michelle. But But we have several wholesalers in town who do, who really do wonderful things that help the business thrive. So yeah, I would say having a good relationship with your wholesaler, Mm -hmm. fostering that and being kind when they aren't able to get exactly right. what you want. and Well, they're working just as hard as we are to get the product that we need. There's, mm-hmm. As we all know, there's Smilax shortage right now. Yep. <laughs> Every week I see on the Facebook group, people are asking for Smilax. Yeah, I've seen that too. And so when our wholesalers maybe can't come through with something because, not because of them, but because of backup at the farmers or backup at the airports or backup wherever they're trying to source things from, they're doing their best. And they so really it doesn't do any good to chew them out or get mad at them or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-mm. It really doesn't. And it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't benefit them for them Mm-mm. to supply product that we won't buy. Right. Right. You right. Know? So, exactly. Yeah. They, that's they're trying they to anticipate what's happening, what might be coming up. They have to do so much trend forecasting that we yes. don't even have to think about on this right. side. You know, right. They, they work so hard and they get, Sometimes they get to work at three thirty, four in the morning. In they do. Seasons. Yeah, which is why they close at 2 or 3 in the afternoon. Yes, that's another thing. If you go into this industry, become a morning person if you can. Yes, <laughs> yes. You're going to do a lot of your interactions early in the morning. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get a coffee maker. <laughs> get a coffee maker at your office or wherever you're at. Or wherever you are and just keep it flowing and don't worry about it. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Well, to end this episode, I would love to know what your favorite event, floral-wise, you've done, either for us or for somebody else. Yeah, I was thinking about the the LinkedIn project that we mm-hmm. were talking about. So the one with there the hydrangeas and the buckets. There multiple events within this there LinkedIn There were multiple thing. events. This one in particular there was... There was nine events within that one event. It was so, so, it was such a week. 
It was weak. It was a week. <laughs> um, but this this event in particular was an Alice in Wonderland themed outdoor garden party, mm-hmm. and Cam came up with this incredible look of the this double arch as you walked into this this garden, and. So what was fascinating to me about it was you hear red roses in baby's breath and you think, oh my gosh, you know, like how 1950s can you get right. like the tackiest combination possible, you know, if you're, if you're in this industry for any length of time, but Cam, you just completely reimagined what baby's breath and red roses could do. So, so again, this was all, this was all your concept and it was hundreds of red roses and Oh my god. I think it was 500. I don't know how I remember this. It was 500 red roses. Yeah, that sounds right. It was 250 white uh, hydrangeas. Yeah. And thousands of stems of baby's breath. I mean, thousands. I mean, probably 2,000. Like 50 bunches or something. No, we got like 100 bunches. Yeah. It, I remember the 100 entire or 150 studio bunches. was I remember the entire studio yeah. was just a sea. <laughs> it was like clouds <laughs> everywhere. And we built these arches to be full of baby's breath with just these little red roses. And it was the it was the perfect Alice. It it looked like we'd gone through the looking glass. It was so cool. Do you remember the my other I would say my favorite one is yeah. the second half to that Alice in Wonderland up on the terrace. Do you remember we did those um they weren't globes. They were um, clutches or something. What, what yeah, they're almost like a terrarium yeah. looking thing. Um, but not the geometric terrarium. It was like a um, glass top with a wooden, with a wooden bottom. bottom. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like this, um, like what you would see in Alice in Wonderland or like Beauty and the Beast type of thing. It was, yeah, it was like the Beauty yeah. and the Beast rose yeah. little Thing. Yes. And so we put um, old books, these vintage mm-hmm. books stacked up mm-hmm. and we used green moss yep. to kind of create this um, bed of green moss. And then we used, um, gosh, I can't even remember. We used like the fringe tulips yeah. and some roses and a whole bunch of different flowers. I can't even remember the names of because they were so Some of them were unique. unique. Yeah. yeah. I, they were we use varieties that I yes. have have never seen again. And then we put that big glass thing on top of it. Mm-hmm. And it just was so cool. And it was a hot day. And so they kind of started steaming a little bit, which only added it was so to magical. the magical effect to it. That was probably my favorite thing to design. Not only, And Kaylee knows this. I like the challenges on events. Yeah. I love yeah. a good challenge and overcoming it. Uh-huh. Maybe that's just the Enneagram 3 and me. <laughs> but... What I loved about it was it was such a unique look. Yeah. And there was a challenge to get it to stay alive for yes, that there event. Was. Yeah. Like, how do we make this books with moss and these flowers that require water inside of this heat box, essentially, yeah. on top of it? How do we make it last for a few hours? And I just thought it was so cool. All right. Well, this has been a great episode all about the foundations for floral business and the things that you need to know going into owning your own floral business, being a Mm -hmm. freelancer. Mm -hmm. Even if you're just a freelancer, listening to this episode would be really great because you'll just have kind of a heads up on what might happen. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Thanks, y'all.